I know when we started out in ministry and everything else, that's one of the things that we did was we went to the nursing homes and, and ministered to the people there. And uh, I tell you, they were very, very receptive. You know, when you get closer to heaven, <laughs> you have a, have a tendency to look upwards, you know, and you're, you're looking for answers and direction in life and everything else. Praise God. Well, you know, ministering uh, to the elderly is a tremendous, it's a tremendous ministry. Amen. And you know what? Love never fails. We just keep loving people. That's what Jesus did. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. The Holy Spirit was with him, operating and working through his life. And guess what? We're his body and we're doing the same thing. So we're reaching out, we're touching people. And if that's something that you feel that you would like to be a part of, then, uh, you know, let Linda know about it so that she can get you hooked up with what's, what's going on. Praise God. Well, how many of you enjoyed the meal today? Thank you. Amen. Uh, thank God for Pastor Diane. She's the one that uh, is doing a lot of this. So uh, give her a good hand. Praise God. Amen. We have uh, Bill and Betty with us. First time to be with us, misers. And uh, give them a good hand for being with us. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's exciting times that we're living in, isn't it? Amen. Uh, Everybody knows what the 4th of July represents, right? We sing about it. It's about our freedom, but... You know, real freedom is found in the Lord Himself. He's the one that created everything for us. The earth is His. In spite of what everybody else may look and think or or say about it, this, this earth belongs to the Lord. And the fullness thereof. Everything that is in it. You know, there's not anything that was made that wasn't touched by Him. So everything that we witness around us, we see the Lord had a hand in that provision for you and I in our lives. And so we can be grateful and thankful. You live in a wonderful country, the country of the United States of America. She has her problems. There's no question about that. As long as we have people, we're going to have problems. Uh, Because this is not a perfected world. It was perfected world, and somebody sold it out. Thank you for all your enthusiasm. <laughs> but ever since that time, but God had a plan, and He brought to us His Son in order for everything to be restored back to what was lost. And so rightfully, according to the blood that has been poured out, it has already satisfied the gavel of justice in heaven. And legally, the earth is free. Legally, you're free. Legally, we have the right to all the promises and all the provisions that were given to Abraham, that were given to Isaac and Jacob, that were given to Adam and Mrs. Adam. She wasn't called Eve until later, right? So it was Mr. and Mrs. Adam, male and female, created he them. And 
out of that, we've all come from that lineage. One way or another, we all came from that, that beginning that God started in the garden. And how many of you know that everything that was there was, it was free. Uh, it was holy. It was unstained in any way. It was absolutely perfect. Adam was perfect. Miss Adam was perfect. They were perfect until there was a flaw that came. When the flaw came because of high treason, then things became polluted. And ever since that time, the devil has tried to run roughshod over the earth to make everybody think that he's in control. He's not. He's not in control. God's in control of this entire earth. And then he gave the control to the church. And that's what I wanted to share with you just, just for a few minutes this morning. We live in such a wonderful country. I, I mean, uh, how many of you served in the military? One, two, three, four. I served in the military. Five. Your husband did? Anybody here, your husbands, your, they served in the military. They're no longer with us, maybe? Your dad? Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, when I think of the United States of America, I've had the privilege to be able to go to foreign countries as well, third world countries. And when you go to third world countries, uh, you, you can really appreciate this country because they just don't have what you have. You know, they, although they have been given it according to heaven, because of what Jesus did, their country is under such strict bondage and everything else that they, be, they become the servants to what they've been raised up in. This nation is supposed to be a nation that was established underneath the principles of Almighty God. That's the reason the people came here was for the freedom of choice to be able to serve the Lord and to worship Him and that this nation would be established Upon godly principles. And it is established upon godly principles. And in spite of all of her weaknesses. And all of the the failures and everything else. It's still the best country that's on this planet. We are so blessed to be here. You can go to. uh, There's churches just about on every corner. You have access to innumerable kinds of uh, Bibles. You can go to bookstores, you can watch it on TV, you can, you know, you can hear it on the radio, you can, you can get the gospel anywhere that you really want it in the United States of America. And we're so blessed. How many of you have more than one Bible? There's countries that don't even have one Bible. They don't have a Bible themselves to be able to study and to know. And they crave they just crave, you know, the, the knowing of the Lord because they know that there's something more than what they have. So open up your Bibles, if you would, please, to uh, Matthew chapter 16, if you have them with you. If not, I'm just going to read to you just a few verses of Scripture, and they're, they're familiar uh, verses of Scripture. It says in verse number 13 of chapter 16, Verse 13 of chapter 16, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, 
who do men say that I the Son of Man am? I think that's a legitimate question. Who do we say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then he asked them a question. He said, then who do you say that I am? And I think that's the question that we have to ask ourselves today, is who do we say that he is? He is our freedom. He is our peace. He is our joy. He is our victory. He is love. Amen? He is everything that we need Him to be. He is that. He's, he's not just about that. He is that. When you think of God, when you think of Jesus, what do you think of? Jesus said, Father and I, we're one. We're the same. So, Jesus was love. Did He not exhibit that? Was that not what He was doing? He was going around. Uh, He was blessing people. He wasn't cursing them. He was blessing them. Ministering to their every need. You know, there are several times in the scripture where it says that he healed them all. He was at different locations where he healed them all. Every one of them. Not one sick stayed sick. Because love showed up on the scene. And love always, always gives you his best. Matter of fact, he does exceedingly, doesn't he? Abundantly and above all that we can even ask or think. And I can ask pretty big. How about you? And he has made promise because that's his character. That's his nature. You know, when we see all the evil that is going on in the world, and a lot of things are blamed on God. That God did this. God didn't do that. God is love. He goes about Still doing good and healing, ministering, encouraging, strengthening, putting people in a place of joy and in a place of victory because that's his character, that's his nature, and that's who he wants his people to be. We're his body. He's the Lord's the head, and we're his body. So, how many of you know if the head's sick, then the body's sick? But he's not sick, and we're not sick. We've got everything that we have need of. But they, he was asking his disciples. You, you know, I, I, Joseph, I think about it, You know, he had 12 men. 12 men that he put himself into. He mentored 12 men. Prepared them to share the gospel to the people. Remember, he told Peter... He told uh, the Zebedee boys, he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to teach you how to catch men. To bring them to a place of redemption in their life. And out of those twelve that he put himself into. Now thousands followed him. But he put himself into twelve men. And those twelve men, if you, if you think of our world today... You think of our country today, it's because of the, the fortitude that these 12 men, they sowed out their life into the gospel so that they could reproduce after what Jesus was reproducing. They became so convinced, so uh, caught up, tied up, tangled up, wrapped up in him 
that they couldn't do anything but what he was doing. And he says, who do you say that I, the son of man, am? And so we have to ask ourselves the same question. Who do we say that the son of man is? And then Peter, out of revelation, he said, thou art the Christ. You're the Christ. You're the one. You're the anointed one with an anointing to touch the lives and to heal the people. That's what we do when we go into nursing homes is we become the light in that nursing home to touch the lives of those that are hungering and thirsting. That's what we do when we go into our neighbor's home or we invite our friends over or we visit with them in the, in the grocery store or wherever we are, we become that light and we plant the seeds of the gospel so that the gospel can be perpetuated everywhere that we go. So you and I, we're light and we're salt. And if, if our salt has become dull, then it's useless, it's worthless. It, it has no effects anymore. Uh, any of you ever worked out on a ranch? They have, if, you, if you did, well, you knew that they threw out salt cubes. The salt cubes were blocks. And they just throw it out and the cattle would go and they would lick the block and salt makes you thirsty it would drive them to a place to get drink because they needed drink and they also needed uh, food to eat you know <clears throat> you know you you can't you can't drive you know a an animal to make them drink but you can salt their oats and you can salt their hay and it will drive them to get drink because they need that in their system so that they can function properly and produce what they're supposed to produce. And he goes on and he said, and Simon, he said, he answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say unto you, unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He didn't say we wouldn't have attacks. He said it would not prevail. Would not prevail. But he said, you, you didn't get this by natural understanding. You got this by the foundation that the church is going to be built on. And that foundation is called revelation knowledge. A spirit taught truth. What we need is the revelation of who he is. And then what we possess in him. Amen. We're the righteousness of God. You're the righteousness of God. You're the peace of God. You're the love of God. You're his arms extended. You're his legs. You're his mouthpiece. You're an ambassador. You're a spokesman. You represent the presence of the Lord. And you know, age has nothing to do with it. It has to do with whether I want to walk in the revelation knowledge or not. I have the right to healing. I have the right to, to walk in prosperity. I have the right because he made it for me and for you so that you could enjoy it. It doesn't make any Some of us in here, maybe a bunch of us in here, have 
Basically set incomes. Well, who told you you had to have a set income? Who told you that? Who told you that? You don't have to, you don't have to live on a set income. The Bible says, give, it shall be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall he cause men to give back into our bosom for the measure that you meet with all. It'll be met unto you again. So we don't have to have a set income. And sometimes that's hard, especially when we get older and we're on Social Security and, and maybe pensions and stuff like that, that that's all we have. No, it's not. We pull off, we pull off the limits and we become limitless. God can do whatever we're willing to believe God to do. Amen. He makes all the rough places smooth, all the crooked places straight. Amen. He'll open up heaven if we need heaven. If we need rain, He'll bring it. If we need to stop, He'll stop it. He said that He's going to give us, and what I want to get to is the last part of this. And He said it's up on this rock, this foundation, I am going to establish, I'm going to build my church. Put your hand on your chest. You're the church. You are the church. Amen. This is not the church. You're the church. You're what makes us alive in here. Or you make it dull. No. We're lively stones. Amen. We've been called to be lively stones. We're lively stones. Amen. So we make it. We make. What the church is, we make what, what happens in this sanctuary, we make it come alive. You know, even Jesus went into his hometown and he preached, and the Bible says he couldn't do very many mighty works there. It's not because he didn't have the Word. He had the Word. He was, he was breathing the Word. He was the Word. And that's what he spoke was the Word, but the ones that were listening were not receiving what he was having to say. And so Jesus couldn't do very many mighty works there. But he, he did do some works. Because even in the midst of doubt, fear, and unbelief, there are those that are still hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And so, whenever you go out and you think that you're being rejected, I guarantee you that there are other people around that are hungering for what you have to offer. I never will forget the first place I ever ministered was in Houston, Texas at a place called Pulpit in the Shadow. It was a drug rehabilitation center uh, in the center of Houston. Uh, Freddie Gage, I don't know if you anybody ever heard of Freddie Gage. Freddie Gage was the one who uh, authored that particular uh, place that I was at to, to go to minister. And it was my first time to ever preach. And... Uh, Man, I was nervous. I had no idea really what to say, what to do. All I knew was is I just needed to pray, get in the Holy Ghost, and let the Holy Ghost just flow through me. So the, I, I remember vividly the scripture that he gave me out of John 3, 3. You know, it's talking about being born again. And except you be born again, you know, except you and I, be born again, we're never going to enjoy the fullness of what it was that God had planned for humanity. 
So, in that scripture, Jesus was speaking, and he said, You must be born again. So, that's what I ministered. I ministered on, You needed to be born again. Well, they, they had a chapel that was on the inside uh, of the facility. And there were so many people that came to hear the word of God from all over the, the immediate city. They told them that they were having a guest speaker. They didn't know who the guest speaker was or anything else. But, but uh, there was a guest speaker coming. And so they came from everywhere. They came out of the woodwork. And we had to go outside to hold it because there was just too many people. And there were all kinds of gang members and uh, you, you name it. They were there. Anyway, I, I preached and everything else. And, and you know, what's this got to do with what you're talking about? It has everything to do with it. Because sometimes you think that you don't have the capacity or the ability to speak and touch people's lives because you don't know enough of the Word. Or you haven't spent enough time in the Word or whatever. But I want you to know you have a testimony. And so in that, while I was sharing about that, I shared my testimony of how I got born again. And where I came from. And everything else. And and in that uh, sharing and everything else, it came to the time for the close of the service. And so I had everybody bow their head. And I said, listen, if you're here without Jesus... Tonight, that can all change in just a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I'd like to introduce you to my, my master, my, my king. He's a redeemer. He'll set you free. If you're addicted, he'll set you free from addiction. You know, if you're bound, you know, by criminal thoughts and everything else, he'll set you free. And so as I was praying that and speaking that out, and everything else, everybody had their heads bowed. Some of the guys were just standing there, you know, just looking around and everything. But all of a sudden, <coughs> one one guy, he stepped up and <coughs> and he said, listen, I was going to take my life tonight. He said, here's the mechanism I was going to do it with. So he handed me a syringe. I don't know what it was loaded with, but it wasn't good stuff. But he handed me the syringe and he says, I want to give my heart to Jesus. If he'll really change me, if he'll really change me, then I'll take him. I said, he'll change you. Matter of fact, he'll deliver you from whatever you've been bound by. He'll set you free right now. We don't have to wait. He'll do it right now. And I said, bow your head, I want to pray for you. So I laid my hands on him, prayed for him. And he, he fell to his knees. And he, <coughs> excuse me, he started sobbing. And <coughs> all of a sudden I looked up. And when I looked up, young men were walking from all over the yard. Walking up front. Throwing their drugs down on the platform. That we were standing on. Needles. Pills. Uh, razor blades. Guns. They, they were just throwing it down. You know on the platform. They were giving it up. And. I said. 
I said to one of them, I said, why, do, why, why are you doing this? And he looked at me and he said, this guy right here that came up first, he said he's our number one drug kingpin in this area. He said, if he'll give his life up for Christ, then I give my life up for Christ. I don't know how many people. We had several hundred people that were there. But we probably had half of them that came up and gave their heart to Jesus Christ that night. And all because he made a way for somebody. First time I ever preached. You know, ever shared. You know, in a public setting. And the power of God was so present. The presence of the Lord was there that it absolutely stopped hell from being able to intervene and to move the lives of individuals. You know, that's the same power that we have today. When we step outside these doors, it's easy to worship God in here. It's a little bit more challenging out there. But that's okay. Know this, that He's with you. He'll not forsake you. He's not going to leave you. Everything you've got is already prepared. It's on the inside of you. To will and to do of His good pleasure. And it's His good pleasure to set the captive free. And it doesn't make any difference. You know, He loves the rankest sinner. And He he loves the one that isn't the rankest sinner. His love is exactly the same for every individual. Just like it was for you in your life. As it is for everybody else. Just because we're older doesn't necessarily mean that He can't use us anymore. Some people think that as you get older that you know that you don't need to do that anymore. The Lord said we'd win people in, in our old age. So it ought to be a, a part of our life to continue just as Peter said, he said, you're the Christ. Who I have on the inside of me is the Christ. And He's not concerned about my age. He's just concerned whether I want to flow in what He has to to give to humanity. And so, you know, the last breath that I breathe, I want it to be because I've done everything that I want to do. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. If I go by the way of the grave, if not, I'm going to be caught up in the air. Amen. With the rest of you. As we go to meet Him and to rejoice and to have an awesome time. But still want to get to this last part. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is what I really want to get to. How many of you have keys? Joseph, lift up your keys. Do you know what every one of those keys go to? You do? Every one of them. How many of you, rest of you have keys? Pull them out. Do you have any keys on there that you don't know what to do with? You don't know where they fit. Joseph, you got one key. You better know where that one goes. We, we have keys in the scripture. He said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Listen. God has done everything that He needs to do. He's not doing anything else. He's not saving another person. 
He's not healing another person. He's not delivering another person. You know why? Because He's already done it. It's already established. It's already done. And He gave the keys of the kingdom of heaven to the church. He gave the keys to you and I. God's not in control of everything that is going on in that sense. He's already established the control. And He turned around and gave you and I the authority. That's the reason we need to know how to operate the keys of the kingdom of heaven. They're not just the keys of the kingdom of God. They're the keys of the kingdom of heaven. There is nothing that can stop you and the word of God when you believe what the word says. Not that you read it, but that you believe it. You have to believe it, receive it, and act on it. You have to carry it out. And so, that's the reason he asked, who do you say that I, the Son of God, am? And I want you to know, those twelve that he trained, with the exception of one that committed high treason against him, and the Lord replaced him with Saul of Tarsus. They took the word literally. And they believed it. They received it. And they acted on it. Were they faced with opposition? Absolutely. Throughout the entirety of their ministry. They gave their lives for the gospel. John was the only one that lived to a ripe old age. The rest of them were martyred for Christ. And you and I, we have all the tools that we need. He said, no weapon formed against us will prosper. In other words, they'll not be successful. That's what he said in Isaiah. No weapons. There's nothing that can defeat what God has done for you in your life and in my life. How many of you ever read a book by the name of Vanyi? Vanyi. The name of it was Vanyi. He was a Russian soldier. And Vanyi found Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And when he found the Lord in his life, he, he got radically saved, got filled with the Spirit of God. And Vanyi went everywhere testifying of the greatness and the goodness of the Lord. They put out a contract on his life to have him murdered. The Russian government did. They imprisoned him. They shot him. They took his arms, doors, and slammed the doors to cut off his arms. Couldn't cut them off. Wouldn't break. The bullets missed him. No bullets. They just could not 
seemed to kill this guy. They would let him go. He'd go out and preach the gospel. Do exactly what the opposite of what they told him to do. Said they were going to kill his family and everything else. None of his family were killed. Because God protected them. Angels of the Lord encamped around about them to protect them. To keep them. Vanyu was an example of what the current day Christians should look like. It doesn't make any difference what he tries to do. How he tries to harm us. Tries to hurt us. The Lord has given us all the information that we need. And the weaponry that we need. That's what our armor is for. Is for frontal attack and protection. And he's got our back. Amen? The Lord's got your back. He'll take care of you. So you and I are set if we just dare to believe. He said very clearly, he said, who do you say that I the son of man am? Well, Jesus is our everything. He is our everything. He's accomplished it all in our behalf so that you and I could be totally, completely free to love him, to serve him, and to touch the lives of hurting humanity. We're something else. We're powerful. We're dynamite. We have explosiveness on the inside of us. Amen? That's the reason when Joseph, and he, he goes by video into the, the police, or into the jails and into the, the prisons, where he was going physically, I mean, you know, he opened, the Lord opened up another way. Another way to keep in contact and to reach those that are in so desperate need to hear good news. Amen. And people just to love on them. To minister to them and encourage them. And they're getting results. Hundreds are getting saved. Because of someone just taking some time to go and to reach out and to touch. Same way with reaching the elderly in our community and our nursing homes. And not just nursing homes. You know, retirement centers. And so forth. People are really hungry for the truth. They're not hungry necessarily for church. They want the truth. The truth is what makes them to be free. And then because they get the truth. And they begin to read about and hear about. Then they want to go to church. We don't go to church because we have to. We go to church hopefully because we have a need to go. We have the need to be in fellowship with like precious brothers and sisters in the Lord. This is a filling station. This is where we get filled up. So that we can go out and do exploits in His name. Amen? So you've got the keys of the kingdom. You take those keys and don't say, well, I'm not called to preach. Everybody in this room is called to preach. You're all called to preach. You may never stand behind the pulpit, but I want you to know that preachers, uh, pastors, this is the least um, percent of their of their work. What they do, what they do is behind the scenes more than what is just behind the pulpit. So it's not if you think being a preacher, you've got to stand behind the pulpit. Not so. He told you to go ye into all the world and what? 
Preach the gospel. Preach it. You got preach on you. All you got to do is just let the Holy Ghost flow through you. Share what it is that God's done for you in your life. I guarantee you, preach. And somebody will get touched by what it is that has happened in your life. And they'll get born again. And it's only natural when people get born again, you lead them to the Lord. They want to go wherever you went. Because you were encouraging, they assume that where, where you got your encouragement was where you go and get ministered to on a regular basis. So it's just natural for them to want to come and to go with you. Amen. <clears throat> just think. If everybody won one, just win one, you know what would happen to this church? In one day, one Sunday, it would double. And then the next Sunday, it would double again. And then it would double again. And listen, after a certain point, it becomes perpetual. You can't stop it. It just keeps on building and building momentum, momentum, momentum. And that's what the Lord is looking for in this last hour, this last day, is the people that are willing to remove all of the limits and believe Him for the supernatural. This is the year of the supernatural. His hand is outreached. There are no limitations. It's up to you and I. Provision is limitless. Amen. What He wants to do for you. If you've got a a physical ailment in your life, the Lord has already taken care of it. And He's the healer of it. You just accept it. You call those things that be not as though they are. You speak to your body. You speak to yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and talk to yourself. I do that all the time. Just talk to yourself. You, you got to stop doing that. You got to stop acting like that. You got to stop behaving like that. That's not who you are. Amen. Praise God. I'm not who I was years ago. I'm a different person. How about you? Amen. Praise God. Well, how many of you received something? That's. Thank you, Jesus. Just a little nugget just to encourage you on this 4th of July. You live in a wonderful country. Don't condemn this country. Don't look negative and down on it. We have a president. Uh, Pray for him. Our job is to pray for him. He needs our prayers. He really does. He he needs our help. Uh, do do you believe in this particular president? No, I don't. But he's still the president of the United States of America, and this is still a wonderful country, and it needs our participation. Amen. We can't wait until twenty four. We need to get things on board now some some wonderful things are happening because prayer is going up and that's the reason you have uh, the Roe versus Wade change there's people praying have been praying for years for 50 years to see this thing overturned and it finally got overturned so we we need to once again embellish our nation surrender ourselves. This is God's land. 
They came here for godly reasons and principles. And we need to uphold that standard. We have a standard. Let us rise to the standard that our nation was established on. It is a wonderful country. Amen. How many of you really, really believe that? Amen. This is a wonderful country. Praise God.